Yes, Josh Graham has opinions. There is nothing that entertains the audience and the masses more than me being bothered. And yes, he's got attitude. Really, none of the game made sense to me. And that's exactly why you love him. When this all gets sorted out, I think you and me should get an apartment together. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. You are on a Thursday drive. WSJS, Newstalk Sports for the Triad. We're on paper... Brandon Miller was a liability for the Charlotte Hornets last night. Remember, it's still summer league, so please take all of that with a grain of salt. But while watching the Bachelorette and the Orioles beat the Yankees at my home last night, Hornets summer league basketball didn't quite make the cut on the screens at the Graham abode and the Graham household. So all I had was a box score. And it read six points, eight fouls. And that was enough to pique my curiosity and see just how bad was it. I gave it a rewatch late last night. And it turns out the stats don't tell the full story. Because while it wasn't a good night for Brandon Miller, we can acknowledge that, there was a lot to like from him. And here's an example. Yes, he had six points, but he only attempted four shots, finishing to a four. Now, you might interpret that as he wasn't getting enough good looks. How do you not get to the basket more? Yada, 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 and spin that into a negative. I do not. What was impressive to me was while turnovers were piling up and bad things were happening around him, he didn't panic. He didn't just do the I'm the number two pick in the draft, bleep it, I'm chucking everything now, move. He didn't start chucking it. And that's a sign of maturity. He still tried to make the right basketball play. When he did take shots, they were good ones. Two of four from the field, one of those being a three. And that mirrors exactly what Marlon Garnett, the Hornet summer league coach, what he said about Brandon's night. Brandon, I think, is doing the right thing. Right? I think he's playing the right way. He's one of the guys that's a ball mover for us. He's just making the right play. He's not forcing the issue only because he has, you know, four shots. His opportunities will come, and he knows that. I was getting some uh, play calls for him to try to get him touches. Golden State did a pretty decent job of trying to keep bodies around him, and then he just made the right play. He just moved the ball. It's convenient how folks point out the six points and eight fouls and leave out something that's impressive in the stat line. Not a lot of those places writing about Brandon Miller today mentioned the seven assists, and that's what stood out the most. Not the six points, not the eight fouls, those seven assists, and constantly, if you actually were watching the game, you'd see he was constantly looking for his teammates. He was trying to make the right basketball play, as Garnett said there. There were dimes, too. Great passes leading to great plays. And some of the turnovers that piled up weren't Miller's fault. It was the result of guys who have no shot at making the team dropping passes. Odds are not popping shots when they're supposed to. It really wasn't bad plays on Brandon Miller's part. But getting into the fouls, eight fouls, that's obviously not what you want after he had six and a half in his debut on Monday, defense, that's going to be an adjustment. Unlike Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller hasn't been playing against 
NBA spacing the last two years. In the G League, that's all Scoot Henderson was facing against. So it is an adjustment how much pick and roll is being played, the type of spacing you're going up against. You are not facing that in the SEC. But the effort's there. And that's half the battle in the NBA. He has the right frame. He was a good defensive player at Alabama. All throughout the process, he prided himself in the way that he plays defense. It matters to him. And in the NBA, if you're taking that high, I venture to say it's not a very high percentage that tries to pride itself on defense, that is clearly trying on that side of the ball. Even LaMelo Ball falls into the category of a guy that really doesn't seem to put the extra effort in on defense. So I'm confident that piece is going to get a lot better. So even on a bad night, and last night was a bad night, there's a lot to still like about Brandon Miller. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, Will Dalton, he's the executive producer of the show, by the way. WD, can we stream video on threads? Can we do that? I don't know. I tell you what, though. If we can, we will. That's right. We'll be finding out real soon. Yeah. If we can, yep. we will. Until, the, until then, we're live on Twitter at WSTS Radio. It's live action, Tracy. In addition to YouTube and on Twitch. However, and wherever you are watching or, or listening to the show, we appreciate that. The Carolina Panthers announced today there are going to be two new members of the Panthers Hall of Honor this year. Joining a group that already features Sam Mills, Jake DeLome, Steve Smith, Jordan Gross, and Wesley Walls. And even though they haven't announced yet who the new inductees are going to be, Julius Peppers and Luke Keekley are the two most obvious choices. Pound for pound, they might be the two most talented Carolina Panthers ever. Now listen to what I said there. That isn't the greatest Panthers ever because influence falls into that. You can make an argument for Cam's influence. Steve Smith... The likability factor, how he represents the Panthers, what Sam Mills keep pounding, what that means, all of that is a different conversation for how you define great. But in terms of talent, how many players in Panthers history can say consistently when they were on the field, they were not just the best player on the team, but maybe the best player at their position in the league? Because... After the era of defensive ends that featured Strahan and Reggie White and Bruce Smith, Julius Peppers was the best defensive end in the NFL for a decade. It was him and Jason Taylor. Those were the two top guys. A first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, and that's going to be next year. That's the way I define talent. Luke Keekley. For over five years, he was the best middle linebacker in the NFL. If he played longer, he'd also be a no-doubt, sure-thing, first-ballot Hall of Famer. I do think one day he's going to get in, though. There are only two other players it could be, other than Julius Peppers or Luke Keekley. That's Greg Olson and Thomas Davis. With respect to a guy like Dan Morgan, with respect to a guy like Ryan Khalil, who been around, likable Panthers. You got to have a high standard. If you're not someone who played for the team for over a dozen years, 
becoming one of the more beloved players in franchise history like a Steve Smith, or if you're not a Hall of Famer or borderline Hall of Famer, you shouldn't be part of this group. You just shouldn't. That's the standard you need to hold for this. And the Panthers, this is what I say to Panther fans who complain about what they've had and what they've been over the last 28 years. You've been spoiled. You don't know it, but you've been spoiled. Two Super Bowl appearances? How many Super Bowls have the Browns been to in the last 50 years? You had an MVP quarterback. You, you've had great, all-time greats at positions playing for your team over the last 28 years. How many Jacksonville Jaguars can say that? And they came in the same year as you. You've had a lot of very good things. Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, they are both also considerations for this, I'm sure. But Pep and Keekley, those are the two guys I expect to be inductees into the hall. Cam Newton, he's going to get in after that. He still hasn't retired officially yet, so he can't go in yet. But beyond that, I don't know who else I'd include. Look, those are the only guys in Panthers history right now, I say, are Hall of Honor players that are not in yet. You're talking Peppers, you're talking Keekley, you're talking Olsen, Davis, and Cam Newton. That's the list. Pep and Keekley would be the two most obvious choices. Darren Vaughn joins us now. We'll answer unusual questions in a bit. Just by asking us what can be defined as an unusual question, sports or otherwise, you will have your choice of going to see Foreigner, Matchbox 20, or Thomas Rhett. Thomas Rhett will be in Greensboro two weeks from tonight. Matchbox 20, next Tuesday night in Charlotte. For Foreigner, it's your pick in August. Whether you want to go to Raleigh or Charlotte, 336-777-1600. WD, you can begin to collect some of those calls. If you would like to go to those shows, all you have to do is ask again an unusual question. Darren, before WD does that, we need your help. Immaculate grid is a thing that, in addition to threads, I've been fascinated by on social media and on the internet. It's essentially Wordle for baseball, but it's something, haven't we been training listeners of this show for years? This is, it's Nickelback Central, baby. Come on. That's it. To try, we're trying to, if, if you enjoyed that segment or just passively listened to those segments and heard names that were thrown out there that you just have lodged into your memory, this is the perfect game for you. Trying to figure out like who played for the Astros and also played for the Rays or who also played for the Phillies who played for the Astros. WD has one guess left here, and we've got seven of them knocked out. He's really struggling with a Ray that was an Astro, a Philly that was an Astro. Don't just tell him, but maybe give him a hint. Yeah, I've been good on this today. Yeah. Okay. No, no my first instinct with Ray Astro uh, was actually a current player. A lot of jokes made about this player's last name and a piece of technology oh. incorporated with a, a, th- a block that everyone has and speaks into with regularity. WD? Oh. Is that enough information? Maybe this we can. It's this, this is a very go. good player, and the last name is not Alexa. Maybe we have to go to the Philly and the Astro since he doesn't know that one. 
I feel like I should know this. It's a little embarrassing. It's yeah, it's a little embarrassing that you yeah, don't know. I mean, whatever. It's not he's it's he's not like I've been good today. So I'll It would be a stretch to say this player that I'm trying to give you for the one is is like a household name. It would be a stretch. Even even for a baseball fan. Right. Cur- I've got plenty for the Astros Phillies. Yeah, how about give them a hit on that one since that one didn't All right, hit. I got I got one the the number the one that I guessed the number is in the percentage of people who have guessed this person shocked me. I guess they just don't necessarily remember him as a Philly, but should be Hall of Famer. Actually, from my neck of the woods, close to it. He grew up in Tazewell, Virginia. Played. He's a D three guy. You should you should respect that. He's a D three baseball guy. He played at Ferrum College. Oh, you got this. No, that's still not, not enough yet. information. I think I know old, where he's old headed. Old head closer. Oh, it's not Craig Kimbrell, is it? No, is it older than that? Oh, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. I he might have played for another team that's not the Phillies and Astros. He's played am I right? for several teams. Yeah. yeah, including a team that Darren might like a lot potentially. There's there's a story too that he he so in the bigs he was a left-handed reliever. When he was younger, he he's right-handed. He broke his right arm and taught himself how to throw left-handed. So then he got to be like 20 years old, and it turns out he could pump close to 100 left-handed. So he just stuck with it. I can't believe you don't know this one. I want to give it to him really badly, but it has. I can't say it. It's his. It's his immaculate it's grid. It's really bothering me because I've been immaculate so grid. good up until this point today. Like I've I got, an, I got another reliever right, in mind. Throw one more. Throw one more at him. We'll see if we can get it out of WD. Last name rhymes with bridge. <laughs> Come on, man! Come on, man! First name rhymes with Tad. Dad, Dad, Bridge, Dad, Bridge. I'm drawing a blank. Ah! I'm drawing a blank. You know what? This has gone on long enough. Just go ahead and show Brad, me. Brad, Brad Lidge is oh. the player he's talking about. I'm pretty sure he was a Philly. Yes. What, what was the it. What was the one you were talking about from Ferrum? Billy Wagner. Come on, D3 legend. Come Billy on, Billy Wagner, and the the other one you were talking about, Jose Siri. Jose Siri. Oh, I don't know him. Having a great year. Okay, now let's get to unusual questions last week guys everybody made it out that i got mad at josh and i left the press conference that's not right i thought it was an unusual question and it's okay it's time for unusual questions with josh graham i think dad bridge is gonna have to be the podcast title for today (laughs) dad bridge sounds like a terrible movie straight to dvd oh you went to Dad Bridge, didn't you? <laughs> if you want tickets to go see Foreigner, Matchbox 20, or Thomas Rhett, give us a call, 336-777-1600. William in Yakinville's up first. William, what concert do you want to go see first off? Hi, William. Hey, what's up? Eh, not a lot. You're going to a concert. Which concert do you want to see by chance? I'm thinking Foreigner in Charlotte. Well, I'm thinking... That's a good Love idea, that. and we've good got call. tickets for you. What what unusual question do you have for Darren Vaught and I? So it's summertime, 
and we all love mosquitoes and yellow jackets and the like. We do. So my thought was, would you rather, so one has to go away. Either mosquitoes go away or yellow jackets go away. But the other one, we double its population. What do you do? Whoa. So when you say yellow jackets, we're not talking honeybees, right? So, no, I'm talking about the, the mean ones that like to live in the ground you. and in dead logs. Just making sure. Yep. Thank, thank you for the Stingy call. Boys. WD will get your information. Thanks for the call. Uh, William, you're going to go see Foreigner in your choice of Charlotte or in Raleigh. Hmm. Darren, so you can right, eliminate so one, and then the other one that you don't choose doubles in population. I we probably should have kept William for the clarifying question. Can we just keep things as they are? Do we have to no, eliminate one? Absolutely not. That's no fun. Okay. All right. Um I would have to do a little bit more research just like I want twice the mosquitoes. Because mosquitoes aren't a problem year round the way that yellow jackets still can be even in the winter where it's warm here like in North Carolina. I think I want. I think I'd prefer twice the yellow jackets. Wow, that's still tough. See, I don't. I don't think either is much of a problem when it gets down to a certain temperature. I mean, they exist. Yeah, I guess really what he's asking is which one's more annoying. Well, mosquitoes come at you no matter what. Yellow you jackets can, mind their own business. Like, how, how often have you been bitten by a mosquito versus how infrequently have you been stung by a yellow jacket? Yeah, I think I take my chances with there being more yellow jackets and hoping that they mind their own business. Yeah, I think, that's I think my we answer. figured this out. Let's go to Beth in Greensboro. Beth, which show do hey. you want to go to? Hey. Hey. I don't know. Can I go to, um, 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 never mind. Um, I just <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'll go to any of them. But I want to say, um, Rocky Top will always, always be, be. holding <laughs> to me. <laughs> so you got to finish is, it, though. You got to finish it, though. Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. There you go. Rocky Excellent. Top, Tennessee. Excellent. You never but you don't finish it. You know, sometimes you it depends if WD starts talking, whether or not I interrupt him. Oh, He's figured me out. He's figured out all my moves. You don't even need to ask a question at this point. I think we'll just give you whatever tickets you want for you singing win. on the radio. No, it's it's fine. Well, I'm just assuming. Can I go to um um the one the um shoot uh, yes. July eighth? Oh yeah, the one on July eighth. I think it's July 11th, actually. Today's uh, July 6th. No, no, no. I know, no. Tears for Fears. Can I have Tears for Fears? If we have any Tears for Fears tickets <laughs> left, we'll figure it out. We shall see. Okay. Just We'll Thanks. put you We'll put you on you hold, and we'll give you whatever tickets we have. Darren's enjoying this quite a bit. He is. I, all right, so I can only assume. What was her name? Beth. 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 I can only assume Beth was celebrating the... Um, Five-year anniversary of this show, I think. That's what she was celebrating. I, well, I, that's not what I assumed. I assumed it's because NC State catcher Cannon Peebles is committed to Tennessee oh. in the transfer portal. Yeah, big, Tennessee's doing well in the them. portal. It's a big get. Tennessee didn't really have a catcher, so, you know. That's Do you have bet. an unusual question, Darren Bott? Yeah. Uh, FMK, Thomas Rhett, Foreigner, or Matchbox 20? <laughs> 
I think. Which one's the youngest? <laughs> Matchbox. Rob Thomas? Yeah. I think F. we're probably F. I think we're probably killing foreigner. <laughs> no! F no! Matchbox 20. And we're gonna marry Thomas Rhett. That's what I think we're gonna do. Get out of here. Get out of here. That's the move, F, man. F Matchbox. Marry foreigner. Kill Thomas Rhett. But that's just me. I get it. Everybody's got their I was thinking very practical to a dumb question. What is your question, WD? If you had to choose between jelly beans and gummy bears or worms, whatever you prefer, which would it be? Gummy worms. Gummies, yeah. No, I, I like I jelly agree. beans. They have their place. Um, Especially the sour gummy worms. Oh yeah. Yeah, but give me give me some like trolley bright crawler sowie sour sowie sour gummy worms. Sowie gummer wormies. Yeah, sowie, that sounds like a player who might have played for the Rays and the Astros. Let me double check Close. that. I learned that Fernando Rodney did not play for both those teams this morning on mm, my tough. immaculate grid. That was tough. Um my unusual question is this. Where do you draw the line on tipping? Now in this world post COVID every single cashier at every single place. I was at McDonald's and was asked for a tip. Like they give you the screen 15% or whatever. Like where do you draw the line of no, I'm good. I I have determined. I have come to the conclusion. I am not a good gauge for this. Because you tip everybody. I do and I, I really try to be generous because I I I don't know. I empathize with people in the food service industry. Oh, and me too. My parents owned a couple Quiznos subs franchises. And believe me, I get it. I do. But I'm sorry, going to Starbucks. We've talked about this before. Someone hands me like the solution's screen. easy. The solution's easy, Josh. Go somewhere where they actually make coffee and it's not this programmatic thing. And I know, but assuming you go to one of these places that isn't like putting in the best effort that would warrant a tip like over the top sure like, where do you draw the line that's it like everyone has their line i i tip pretty well and i you know i'm pretty generous but i draw the line where it's like well wait a minute this you 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 literally just just did your job press the a button you're supposed to do it you press the button mcdonald's tip yeah, that was yesterday. That was a thing? Wow. Was Pretty that amazing. like the twirly iPad? Yeah. Oh. The, twir the twirly iPad, that's it. I think that's huh. actually the technical term for it. Huh. Twirly iPad. That's that's a that does kind of I would I would have to think about that one. Normally I'm just like instinctively whatever, just tap it. That's what got me. Sign. Yeah. And that's been unusual questions with Darren Vot. Rapid fire, very quickly. Any all-star objections? Not really. I mean, we talked about this when when Rutschman was not named a starter. The entire like, Braves infield, Darren. The entire infield. All I, of them. But does it does it matter? It's just not something I'm willing to get worked up about. All of them, Darren. All of them. It's never happened before. All of them. All of them. We're cool with that. Braves I infield. Just, sure. They're, they're the best team in the league. Like, I, who cares? They don't. 
Okay. The next question. This is probably the most important one. Which summer movie? WD watched Old School for the first time. We're trying to figure out what movie he needs to watch next. Okay. Which summer movie should he watch for the first time? Karate Kid, Dirty Dancing, Do the Right Thing, 500 Days of Summer. I thought when you said do the right thing, I thought this was easy. And then you said 500 days of summer. It's still, it's still do the right thing. Do the right thing is like top tier. Will you got to see do the right thing. Yeah. So Will Pelagic said, uh, dirty dancing. My favorite movie is 500 days of summer. So that'd be my vote. Uh, the audience, 54% of them are saying karate kid and you're saying do the right thing. So <laughs> we're all over the place. We, all right. It's, I don't know who to listen to. I could do the dictator thing and say my name's on the show and just make them watch 500 Days of Summer, but... It's kind of what you wanted to do. Nah, well, Karate Kid's been on this poll a few times. The original. We, we don't count the remake. I don't acknowledge the remake. I, I didn't know that was a thing till today. When did that get remade? Yeah, it was with Jaden Smith and yeah. Jackie Chan, I think, was That's right. Mr. Miyagi. Tough. What? <laughs> What? When did that happen? Like 15 that's years a terrib- ago. That's a terrible idea. It's pretty bad. It was right after Pursuit of Happiness. So like, oh, yeah, this boy can act. Okay, cool. We're going to have him be the new Karate Kid. That's what they did like 15 years no ago. I no idea. I, watched it I in think theaters. Will should watch that one. We'll all watch that one. Let's, let's report back next week. I watched it in theaters. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to tell you. I, 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 you didn't I, like it? I just don't see why we needed it. It's a reboot. We, we, don't, we don't need that. Darren, I do need my Darren Vought segment, and I'm so glad that we got it. Good to see you, buddy. <laughs> Likewise. I'll ACC Baseball, etc. podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to that and following him on Twitter at Darren Vought. Instead of just talking, why don't you listen? That's why you have people call in. Listen for a minute. Oh, welcome back to the Happy Circle. The Drive with Josh Graham. Our weekly check-in with the voice of Charlotte FC, Will Polonjic, in about 15 minutes. But drilling deeper on football. Since Todd McShay was among ESPN's layoffs last week, we're going to see a lot more of Jordan Reed now, who is another one of the draft gurus they have over there. And that's cool because Jordan Reed's a high-point guy, and he owns a degree at North Carolina Central, the old North State well-represented up there. Today, Jordan released his off-season mock draft for next year, and predictably, Drake May, a top-five pick, going third behind Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams. Let this be evidence piece number one of how Drake May, the hype train surrounding him, has gone out of control because he isn't going to be a top five draft pick. He's probably not even going to be a top 10 draft pick. The hype is a bit too much. And a lot of this is not Drake May's fault, just like it wasn't Sam Howell's fault a couple years ago. You can dig up those Jordan Reed, Todd McShay stories from two years ago that had Sam Howell going third overall and going fifth overall. And then he became a fifth round draft pick. Was that Sam Howell's fault? No. If you watch that Tar Heel team, He wasn't protected. He lost his top two weapons and his top two running backs for that matter too. The defense wasn't all that good. So he didn't really meet expectations. And 
given what we know now about Sam Howell, his couple years in the NFL, or his one year in the NFL, I should say, he probably should have been higher than a fifth-round draft pick because he's likely going to start for the Washington Commanders. Got plenty of friends over there who are in the building telling me all throughout last year he was the most impressive guy at practice. Not saying a lot because you're talking about what? Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, but he's been the most impressive guy, and it makes sense for a guy who was supposed to be a top-10 draft pick the year before and wasn't because his team didn't meet expectations. It's the same movie all over again. A lot is breaking against Drake May that is not within Drake May's control. Number one, you lost a successful offensive coordinator. Now, I get the Mac Brown stuff about lacking toughness and things, and there being some beef there and a disconnect between he and Phil Longo. Phil Longo leaving without telling Mac that he was going to go and taking one of the assistants with him to Wisconsin under Luke Fickle. We get all of that. But he produced results. The offense was not the problem in Chapel Hill the last few years. So we'll see what Chip Lindsey is. UCF's OC who comes in to replace Longo. But it is a new offense. And Drake May is going to have to get familiarized with that. And that's not an easy thing. Just like with Sam Howell a couple years ago who lost Daz Newsom and lost Diami Brown and a couple of good running backs. Drake May's losing Josh Downs and losing Antoine Green. Two really high-level wide receivers. And nobody can really answer for me who's going to step in and replace that type of production without there being a drop-off. There are very few programs in college football that can lose NFL draft picks, multiple of them, and not experience drop-off the next year. There are very few programs that can do that. North Carolina proved not to be one of those programs a few years ago. Now, the recruiting level has remained high level for Carolina since then, so maybe this year will be different, and North Carolina won't be an average team like they were a couple years back. But when we're talking about the expectations of Drake May being a Heisman candidate and being the second quarterback off the board... It's hard to expect that given all that they lost. Plus, Mac Brown complained about it the day the schedule came out, before we even had it. Didn't like the ACC schedule. And in the non-conference, it's not very easy either, starting with South Carolina and Charlotte. South Carolina, pretty big wins under Shane Beamer in November last year, beating both Clemson and Tennessee. So the schedule's tough. You're losing draft picks. You're replacing a new offensive coordinator. That's a lot of concern. And... This is the part that you might object to, but this is how I feel. The sample size isn't all that large with Drake May. It's kind of crazy how quickly our minds can change about somebody. Think about where we were a year ago, where we had no idea if it was going to be Jacoby Criswell or Drake May starting for Carolina. And nobody certainly was expecting them to be all ACC, all American type of quarterbacks, either of them. Even when I picked Carolina to win the Coastal last year, and I was one of the few that did that. I wasn't expecting that from Drake May. Nobody was. The sample size is still very small. It's only been one year. Unlike, say, a Caleb Williams, who prior to arriving at USC was with Lincoln at Oklahoma and was very successful there. Maybe Drake will prove me wrong at every turn, and maybe Carolina will meet the hype in a way they didn't do a couple years ago. But it feels like we've seen this movie. Don't watch the same movie over and over again 
expecting a different ending. Because odds are that's how you end up disappointed. On Twitter, at WSGS Radio, if you want to chime in, I mentioned the Twitter page because that's where we're going to put up a poll today, figuring out what movie WD needs to watch next week. Next uh, WD needs more of a thinking man's picture. Per that man, Ian Eagle's recommendation, you watched Old School over the last 24 hours. And we'll talk about that movie a little bit later on at the movies with the WD. I figured since it's July, we're right in the heart of summer. Let's try to find a summer movie that you haven't seen, which I don't imagine will be hard. And then we'll put it out to the audience and decide by the end of the show which of these summer movies you're going to watch. But let's go through a list here. I've put together a list of six or seven movies here that I qualify as being great summer movies that I like a lot. And we'll figure out how many of them you've seen. Let's start with 1978's classic Grease. Well, really? I have not. I had to think about it because we have done uh, some Travolta stuff, but that was Pulp Fiction and maybe something else I'm forgetting. We haven't done that? Like when Olivia Newton-John died last year? No, we talked about it, but it's still a... Well... I'm disappointed in you that a big headline like that could drop and you still don't go and watch what she's most known from. Is it really that surprising? Eh. How about Adventureland? A what? Adventureland. Well, never heard of it. That's a that's a recent summer movie, like last 15 years, that is awesome. Every summer it comes on and I, I give it a watch. It's, what is, what's it about? Well, it's about Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart before she became Twilight Superstar. Oh. They are working at like a uh, like a summer carnival festival that's run by Bill Hader. I think Kristen Wiig's in it too. It's a great cast. Like Ryan Reynolds is in this movie. I really enjoy it. So I'll throw that into the pot. How about, let's go further back again. Karate Kid. Well, no. I've You're the best around. Oh, I know. I, I've seen. Never seen, definitely never seen the old one. I've seen bits, bits and pieces of the one with Jaden Smith doesn't in count. it. Yeah. No, no. I don't acknowledge the remake. Mm. We're talking oh, you about, don't? No, we're, we're talking about the old one. What, Classic. What, what's wrong with a remake? It's not the it's not the old one. It didn't need a remake. I see. How about the notebook? Oh <laughs> yes. Hey. But wasn't paying much attention while it was on. Oh uh, well, I mean still you saw it. Like it you, was on. You knew like you saw bearded gosling and you saw yes. like clean shaven gosling and uh -huh. the uh, the sad ending when they're old people, probably. Yeah. So okay. It we'll, was we'll, on. We'll cross that one off the list. Mm -hmm. Cross the notebook off. There you go. How about uh, do the right thing? Well, never that doesn't surprise me. I mean, never heard. It's it. my favorite Spike Lee movie. It's a classic. It should have won Best Picture. It's one of the biggest Oscar crimes ever that Driving Miss Daisy beat Do the Right Thing. That was either eighty nine or ninety, like thirty plus years ago. So yeah, that that's gonna end up on the list. There's no doubt. My favorite movie ever is Five Hundred Days of Summer. Has summer well. in the title. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That there's another one that's going to end up on the list. I, you guys won't vote for it, but I might do the dictator move and say, "Hey, my name's on the show, and I'm saying he's going to watch this movie." Has Good summer chance. in the title. Uh, Dirty Dancing. I see, and this is why I had to think about Greece because I thought was it Greece or Dirty Dancing that I watched? Neither. 
I'm not sure about that. No, no. You watched two Patrick Swayze movies, and Dirty Dirty Dancing was not one of them. You watched Ghost. You watched Roadhouse. You did not watch Dirty Dancing. Is this just Travolta in this? No. Or is this it's a- Swayze? Patrick oh. Swayze. Oh, I, I'm already voting for this one. <laughs> this one doesn't. So you haven't seen it though, right? I no. Well, but I want to, so I'll probably go and vote for that one. Doesn't really age well, Dirty Dancing. So we'll do fine. We'll throw Dirty Dancing in there. 500 Days of Summer, Do the Right Thing, and we need to decide between Grease or Karate Kid. I vote Grease. Over Karate Kid? You yeah. You had some interest in the remake. You don't have any I interest just, in the... Well, it's Tra- Travolta. I want to I watch Travolta. I'm not going to give you the uh, second choice because we're throwing Dirty Dancing in there for you. Mm. That means uh, I'm going to do Karate Kid because I said so. There you go. So the four choices that WD has for next week's At The Movies, Karate Kid, the original, Dirty Dancing, 500 Days of Summer, Do The Right Thing. Those. How about you do the right thing? Thinking Uh man's picture. And vote. Yeah, well, do the right thing would qualify as a thinking man's picture. I think even 500 Days of Summer, too. Frankly, that's why it's one of my favorite movies. The Hickory Crawdads are in town. First to call in right now gets tickets to go see them at 336-777-1600. If you don't get in right now, you'll have another chance later on in the show. Plus, I think we got a couple pairs tomorrow in addition to Foreigner, Matchbox 20, and Thomas Rhett tickets. We are just drowning in tickets, which means it's probably a win for you in the audience. Will Pelagic is joining us. That's a win for the audience. You could listen to him call Charlotte FC Soccer all season long last night. The Crown. Huh? See what I did there? Mm, that is you. That is yet another tie. We'll get to them in just a little bit. But let me pose this question to you. As of right now, as we speak at 3.35 on Thursday afternoon, we do not know yet who the two Hall of Fame inductees, Hall of Honor inductees will be for the Carolina Panthers if we were to assume one is Julius Peppers, how might you use the second spot between the likes of Thomas Davis, Greg Olson, or even a Luke Keekley? That's difficult, Josh. And we kind of had a similar discussion this morning on the air because I think there's kind of a consensus right now. If you looked at kind of the top four or five, they're all kind of – Uh, basically almost undisputed because you got Steve Smith, you've got Cam Newton, you've got uh, Julius Peppers and Luke Keekley, and then Sam Mills is kind of a lot of people's number four in there, but also for some could be number five. I think it's a situation where it's it's probably TD's turn. I think at this point, you, you you put TD in that conversation and and maybe you allow him to have the opportunity to come back, especially because he's somebody who not only meant as much to the organization, but you saw how much. Uh, that retirement meant to him and then how much being in this area has meant to him. You know, he's got a brand new bar downtown too. So he's definitely come back and embraced being part of the area. I think Luke could definitely be a, a candidate too, but I feel like if, if Luke kind of jumps the line, so to speak, maybe it's a bit of an insult to TD. So they got to play this a little quickly or a little, a little carefully. I should say, I would think just from a, 
uh, whose next standpoint it'd be TD followed by then maybe Greg and then Luke, if you want to going in that order uh, after of course, Julius gets his nod as well. He's on Twitter at Willie P style voice of Charlotte FC joining us on WSJS. We'll circle back to football a little bit later on because I just saw this come across my feed. We have our first official preseason media poll for a college football conference that we'll share with you in just a little bit. Let's get to basketball real quickly, though. Willie P., what's the appropriate amount of reaction to have to summer league games when it comes to Brandon Miller? Um, It's like spring training, but like almost like a spring training road game for baseball pitchers because I feel like – I made this analogy as well on the air this morning. I said, look, you know – a lot of times pitchers in spring training, they'll go out there and they won't necessarily have a plan. They will not have looked at the opposing hitters and they're just out there just trying stuff. So, you know, when you look at a, a score box or a box score line with Brandon Miller where he only takes four shots, you know, how how feasible is that for the Hornets in a game where you're asking him to play 25 to 30 minutes? That That's not going to happen. I understand that, you know, maybe in the first game they asked for him to score a little bit and the second one maybe try to be a little more of the distributor. I do feel like the defense is a work in progress for him. I felt like that was always kind of going to be the case. I think anybody who thought otherwise, I think, just doesn't know what kind of transition it takes to go from the college game to the NBA. Even the very big elite defenders have a little bit of a potential growth uh, period. So from that aspect, I'm not shocked. I don't think it's something to completely overreact in, but I'm not saying it's 100% neglectful either. I will say I'll put a little bit more stock when he's actually on the floor with LaMelo and some of the other Hornet stars before I go completely ape banana sandwich about whether or not Brandon Miller has, say, eight fouls in a summer league basketball. Let me write that one down. Ape banana sandwich. Will Pelagic is joining us here, getting to the team that you follow more closely than any other. Uh, What's the mood with Charlotte FC right now? Because, yes, you're getting results in the way of you got another draw last night, The last handful have been draw. So you are collecting points, and that's what you plan to do, especially when you're talking about the standings. But you haven't had a win since May. Like, What's the mood right now? What's the level of frustration, if any? Well, in a vacuum, you know, going up to New York and getting a draw in the fashion that they did, and even Crystal Lantanzo echoed this, in in a vacuum, it's not something to be ashamed of. But when you loop it in with the context where Charlotte FC currently sits, having four consecutive draws and six consecutive games without a victory, it's less than ideal. And I think the manner in which they conceded and and played that game yesterday is especially frustrating because you saw them get a wonder goal from Mackenzie Gaines, somebody who only scored one other goal in his Charlotte FC career and only one other before that in his MLS career. So in a game where you get a goal of that nature, you think, okay, maybe that can help you get some momentum. The unfortunate part of it is, is that not only was that goal scored against the run of play, Josh, they didn't really get any kind of momentum going forward. Now, I know they had the, an injury to one of their star strikers and Enzo Capetti, so that definitely affected the offensive game plan a bit. But they only had one more shot on target the rest of the game, and New York had 21 total shots and five shots total on target, including just wearing out Charlotte FC's defensive right side. So... I would say that for a lot of fans, there's a little bit of panic right now. Uh, The game on Saturday against F Cincinnati is especially critical, but it's also especially difficult because they are the team that's currently holding the supporter shield, the best record in MLS, and it's not going to be very easy. Charlotte has beaten top teams in MLS in their building before, but 
this is going to take a very different type of game in order to get themselves a victory than the one they've played here very recently. Saturday night, Charlotte will be at home facing Cincinnati. And we've got Wilpologic here. i got to throw this at you because we just put the poll question out. The last 24 hours, WD watched uh, Old School per Ian Eagle's recommendation for mm. the first time. He'll tell us what he thought about that in just a little bit. Which summer movie should WD watch for the first time out of these four? Karate Kid, Dirty Dancing, Do the Right Thing, and 500 Days of Summer. I think Dirty Dancing, because that's I think that's the most classic among those. Uh, I think, again, it's a, it's a little rom-commy, if, if you can tolerate that. But th- there is no more classic scene with... Well, don't uh, spoil. Don't, no, no, no spoils because he hasn't seen it. This is the one I told him I wanted to watch. Yeah, because he also he, he like he's Swayze. going for the Swayze look. Like, yeah, that's that's what WD's doing. Jerry Roback and Patrick Swayze confrontation is is very good. I also wanted to. I meant to ask you before this weekend, WD. Have you seen actually seen the movie Independence Day? Yes, that we, was a recent we, one. We did that one pretty recently, actually, with the okay. uh, with I Will just, Smith. I, I was thinking about you and thinking about that because there is somebody uh, in our vantage point, which again, we probably could do a similar bit with WD like we could do with Josh Marlowe from Wesson Walker. Uh, he is very much a, I haven't seen any movies type guy as well. And, uh, apparently, uh, he did, uh, somebody on our station did the speech from Bill Pullman in that, uh, movie. Oh and boy. let's just say it, it went over Josh's head. Oh, that's unfortunate. Poor guy. Well, Pelagic, thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk to you next week. Always appreciate it, guys. Enjoy and enjoy Dirty Dancing, WD. Will do. Will do. Whoa. Okay. Twitter poll. Twitter poll will help decide that. This is a democracy here. It's not a a willocracy where Will gets to just pick what the movie is. Hey, where there's a will, there's a way. On Twitter at WSJS Radio. As for that preseason poll for football, I promised. The Big 12 media poll is already out, WD. Yeah, it's July 6th. On the ball. We're not kicking off, but for another month, uh, about two months. Texas, hook them. They, they're picked to win the Big 12 their final year in the Big 12. This is the part that's funny to me. TCU's pick fifth. Now, I get it. You, you lost Garrett Riley and you lost Max Duggan. But how many teams in college football, count them, how many teams can go to the college football playoff and win a game in the playoff, and then the next year be picked fifth in their conference. How many teams? I mean, they did get obliterated. Uh, They did, but you still got there. Who's not getting obliterated by that Georgia team? Did they lose a lot of players? They lost Duggan, and they lost Garrett Riley. I'm sure they probably lost a couple other guys too, but still, like, fifth? Texas Tech's ranked in front of it. What's Texas Tech done since... The aforementioned Lincoln Riley left as the offensive coordinator a million years ago. He was on Mike Leach's staff back in the day. Eh, It's just something that bothers me. But we do have media polls out, which tells us that football season is nearing, and we can all agree that's a good thing. Drives in, kicks it out. Kaminsky. That was Ian Eagle calling a Hornets playoff game and dropping an old-school reference after a Frank Kaminsky bucket. Frank the Tank is streaking! So, WD, per Iron Eagle's recommendation, watched a movie that's now 20 years old, Old School. A movie I'm very excited to talk about at the movies with the WD.
Unless you're talking about Star Wars. Obi-Wan has taught you well. Movies aren't exactly Will's thing. I don't get it. You uncultured swine! But that's about to change because Josh can't stand it anymore. This is At The Movies with Will Dalton. Okay. As I mentioned, 20 years old, old school. What did you like about this movie that you had not seen until the last day or so? Well, Vince Vaughn, his performance in this one, top tier. Uh, the Wolf Ferrell when he's shrieking, that scene. Uh, this became the character Will Ferrell played like in every movie. Yeah, you, where he you, was kind of like sweet and endearing, but dumb. That's the character that he plays in Step Brothers. That's the character that he plays. That's essentially who Ron Burgundy is. I, this movie, it's crazy to think. The next two movies on Will Ferrell's IMDb, Elf and Anchorman. How's that for a three-movie run? It's find unbelievable. Me, find me a comic over the last 30 to 40 years that has a better three-movie lineup in succession than Will Ferrell in Old School Elf and Anchorman. It is amazing. Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell is probably the right answer to this question because... And Luke Wilson was good. Eh, he's fine. Like, Vince Vaughn, he had hit a bit of a dry spell. I... Do you know what he's doing in this movie? You actually can understand this reference because we made you watch Swingers. For years... He was trying to detach himself from being Double Down Trent and Swingers. This is the movie he reapproached that character, which again is like the same guy he played in Wedding Crashers. This is Double Down Trent is married, but still wants to let loose a little bit. That's it. Release the beast, if you will. That's Vince Vaughn in this movie. And every single thing that this guy says in the movie... It's hilarious. Pound for pound, it's probably the best Vince Vaughn performance. Will Ferrell, uh, it's not his best movie, but this this launched him as being like a leading man in a movie. And then the cement scene where they're all up on the bridge and the cement block is... Do you trust? Do you trust me? That I don't want to kill you tonight, Blue. You're my guy. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah. You're going to quote it. Got to get it right. Make sure you get it right. You're my boy, boy, you're my boy! What didn't you like about old school? When Blue died of a heart attack, that was sad. No, that's the way to go. That was sad. If you the ask, funeral. If you ask any person, and if they were going to answer honestly, the best way to go out, the way that Blue went out is pretty high up on the list. Like, imagine Blue in heaven. Actually, we don't have to imagine that. Like, we don't. The final that's... scene is... like. One of the best ending credits ever is Blue playing the piano majestically. That was another After part Craig of it. Kilborn killed Jeremy Piven in a Porsche while Piven was fly fishing. What a great movie this is. It's unbelievable. I, we don't have to imagine that he's in heaven, but when he gets there and people ask, hey, how'd you go? Expecting him to say, oh, you know, I was just dying next to my lover. No. No. Wrestling supermodels in a jello pool. That's high up on the list. And then straight cut to the wedding with Will Ferrell singing. And the guy who was starring alongside Meghan Markle in Suits playing the guitar behind him. Excellent. 
I'll tell you what I didn't like. Ellen Pompeo's character. Which one was that? Was she, was she, uh... She's the girl that makes no sense. You know, the one that is about to become one of the most popular TV actors ever in Grey's Anatomy, who is the cute girl that goes after Luke Wilson, who, for whatever reason, whether it's her having coffee spilled on her on a wedding and him doing inappropriate things after that to try and rectify it while being drunk and also being called the godfather and running a fraternity in his 30s and despite people saying negative things about him and him kind of being a bad person at many points of this movie like in what world is ellen pompeo gonna fall for this guy in any sense whatsoever like, i don't know you'd be surprised are the options so low for ellen pompeo that she's gonna fall for luke wilson like what's owen doing what's owen wilson doing that ellen pompeo is gonna fall for luke wilson anyway What's the best quote? Did I say anything Vince Vaughn says in this movie? It's anything Vince Vaughn said. The whole monologue whenever Will Ferrell and his wife are at uh, therapy and he talks about wanting to know what color yeah. the woman's underpants were. We were yeah. in Olive Garden. Wait, wait. I uh, I thought we were in the... Uh, nest, the I nest. Thought, I thought we were in the trust tree with the nest. Are, <laughs> are we not? Um, I wrote down three Vince Vaughn quotes here. He's... Totally, he's trying to talk Will Ferrell out of getting married while he's standing there at the altar. <laughs> and then the <laughs> the bride rolls up with the dad. Vince Vaughn grabs the hands of the dad, giving his daughter away, and says, "It takes a real man to give away an angel." That's great. <laughs> there was the part where Vince Vaughn or Luke Wilson's character says he wasn't looking for a girl like that. And he said Columbus wasn't looking for America either, but that seemed to work out. That was a good one. And then when Luke Wilson walks up to the house with the 40 guys in there, and he's like, Vince, the Godfather has decided the grace is with his presence. He sleeps 20 feet from us. Excellent. But you, the purpose of doing this segment, WB, is for you to understand the lexicon to understand things that have infiltrated the culture that you might have heard and not known where they came from. And there are two things from this movie 20 years later that I still hear people say quite regularly. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. Yep. Like you you don't now you know where that's from. Earmuffs. And you've referenced it numerous times on this show. Earmuffs. That's just how people talk. It's now a thing people say. And you're my boy blue. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've just said to a friend of mine who does who does something nice, like, "Hey, I brought you a coffee. You're my boy, Blue." I, it, it's just part of the. Lesson. I've never heard anybody reference that one. You're my boy. You're my. What was your favorite quote? Um. So there were, <laughs> there was a quote pretty early on in the movie. Uh, you're gonna get so much ass in here, it's gonna be sick, like boy brand, like boy band. Boy how, band ass. This is amazing. How, 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 that's not, I never hear people bring up that line for this movie. It's like a hundred lines in here. Yeah. That boy, boy band. Yep. That's the one that comes up. What's the Rotten Tomato score? I'm going to guess 87. Wow. I feel 86. like it, it, it might not age well. And so I, I don't know. Like 86. I've been, I've been off. Wow. I was about to say, you were off by one. And that's been at the movies. With the WD. Okay. Let me check this poll that we have out there. Talking about 
summer movies that you should watch for the first time. The options being Karate Kid, Dirty Dance, and Do the Right Thing, and 500 Days of Summer. Karate Kid's starting to run away with it. Oh. 56% of those voting on the poll thus far say you should watch Karate Kid. Why, why are you groaning? Because I want to watch 30 You dancing. don't know. Then you can. Nothing's stopping <laughs> you. Like You should watch all four of these movies. Nothing's stopping you. Like all, you, you're a winner regardless. You never lose because these movies are all great. All of them. We're all winners here. All of them. Like You don't know better. Like Genuinely. I want to watch this movie. You don't know anything about these movies. Earmuffs. That's what I know. I do now. 